Welcome to Mihinte on Air on 100.5 and 790 News Radio WSGW and online WSGW.com. Now, here is your host, Larry Rodarte. Good evening. Good evening, Mihinte. Happy December. We are back on Mihinte on Air. And tonight we have a special show because we're talking about something that is a favorite. To many people in our community, especially in the Latino Hispanic community, but also in the greater community, we're going to talk tamales. How many of you out there in the listening world enjoy tamales? When the Union Civica Mexicana started the tamale taste off, the annual tamale taste off that we ran for 12 years, we started out with maybe 100 people. The next year, it grew to 300 people. We moved it to the township area, and we had over a thousand people. So, people enjoy tamales during the holiday season. And today, we're going to talk to two individuals who know quite a bit about tamales. And our first guest is Miss Alejandra Vargas from Vargas Tortillas. They supply a lot of the masa to many of the tamale makers. So, Alejandra, are you there? Yes, hi. How are you doing, Larry? I'm doing great. Thanks for being on the show. I'm going to call you Honda because that's what I know you as, not Alejandra. But Honda, I want you to tell us a little bit about you making tamales yourself, but more importantly, how important the Vargas and Sun Tortillas has really been the store that everybody goes to in the month of December and how you actually are... Uh, doubling up your orders for masa. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Um, well, we've been making. I've been making tamales for a long time now. Um, I learned it from my mother. Of course, I can't make it just like hers, but I'm. There's days that I can, and there's days that I can't. So um, we supply at Vargas Tortillas supply the masa to the customers. And between November and December, we double our our corn order. And um, people start really ordering in November. in November. And what a lot of people do is that they like to get the masa and they make, they do their tamales and they freeze them in the freezer. And then Christmas time, they will put them on the stove or New Year's Eve, they will put them on the stove and that way they can enjoy along with their families also the gathering mm-hmm. and so like that family when you got, when you start that november uh say november is the beginning of the season what are your what's your big sellers there at vargas tortillas what are, what are the people coming in and buying are they just buying oh, the masa um, or what is it no we they're they're buying the the chileancho they're buying the the hojas they're buying the manteca which is the lard and and the masa, of course, and then there's the spices, there's the camino, the garlic. So all the all that culinary ingredients comes together to form yeah. a masa. And we're and we're going to talk uh, to our second guests in a moment in regard to and, putting all that together. But tell me, at Vargas and San Tortillas, what's the process of actually taking the corn and making the masa? Are, are you using a okay. uh, uh, mocajete and you're grinding that corn no, by hand. No. <laughs> we have we have to we have hundred pound bags of corn that we put in a vat and 
we cook it. And we have to let it cool down a little bit. And once that's cooled down, it goes into the grinder. And then once it's done grinding, we put it into the masa feeder. Um, and that's to make the tortillas, though. But for, we just put it in the grinder to do the masa for those that want the masa for the tamales. Right. And some like it really coarse. Back in the day, they used to like it really coarse. It was like grindy. and But a lot of people now, they like the smoother blend yeah, of masa. Yeah, I know, I know I like it a lot smoother when I make them. Um, I do make yeah, them, so believe do it or not. And I, uh, the, the Union Civica usually makes about um, 100 dozen uh, as we prepare for the taste-off. But as you know, Honda... We are not doing the taste off this year due to COVID nineteen and the Correct. pandemic, and so uh, I won't be making them this year, and I'm kind of happy about that actually. But because <laughs> it's a lot, <laughs> it's of, a work, lot of work, eh? Larry. yes, it's a lot of work. Our, it is our, a lot of work. Yes, our ancestors are probably uh, speaking in our ears at night because they said it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, and yeah. you know, in the old days, they used to do it uh, a little bit different than we do it today. But um, still, we it's still a lot of work today, and it probably was a lot harder for them, you know. So I, I like to say one thing, uh, Larry. We also have the, the steaming pot available for customers if they need it. Oh, yeah. Those things work really well now. I, I, I remember when they would have the oil, oil, uh, the ojas, and they would actually um, ha- uh, uh, put the leaves down on the bottom of the pan, and they would... Um, steam them with putting some type of uh, container in the Look middle. Look in the middle, something in the center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then stacking those tamales up and uh, steaming them that way. And it seemed like it took a lot longer. I remember my mother cooking them maybe for like almost two hours. But, but with these new steamers, yes. like the one you're selling there uh, at your store, it only takes 45 to an hour now, and it's, it's Yes, a quick it takes process. less time. Yeah, yeah. And and the thing is, you don't want to actually cook them too long because that, I think, takes away some of the taste just from the steaming so much. And, so it's yeah, better. And not that, only that, it, dry, it dries them up. Yeah, it, yeah. They come out moist. Yeah, and, and isn't it nice to see uh, all your customers coming into Vargas and Sons? It, it, it probably, even during this pandemic, I know I, I've been over there sometimes on the weekends and the mornings, and uh, you got people... Uh, outside with their mask of course but they're waiting uh because you can only have what 10 people in the store at a time five five wow five yeah yeah and 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 what are you going to do when you get this bombardment of people because they need their masa and they need it quick because when you make tamales you start in the mornings right Uh, a lot of people place their orders you know Mm -hmm. and uh so we know when they're coming and they know we. Some of them wait in the car. We'll ask them to leave us a phone number so that way we can tell them that they're next in line uh, to come in. Well, I, you know, I really want to thank you for um, your, you and your family. Um, your father, um, Alberto, uh, is he the one that um, started actually providing the masa for the tamale makers? Yes. Outside of doing yes. the tortillas, um, he does. He did. Yes, um, we. Uh, he bought the business from another family that was leaving back to Texas, and so that's how we got the business. Mm-hmm. And 
we and we we've been doing it since 1965 actually so but, but we we got, but it was with my aunt and my uncle. But once my aunt and uncle left it, we we were on our, we were on our own since 1968. Right, but as I when when you guys opened that uh, tortilla factory, if you will, um, did you also sell the masa for tamale making in 1965? Oh yes, we sold it back then. Yes. Wow. So, oh yeah, we so, sold it back then. It's been a long time, almost, uh, what, 50, 55? More than 50-some years. Wow, that's a, that's a long time. That's a lot of masa being put out. Yeah. Who, who would you say, um, if you can, um, like, who's been somebody who is currently in the community who's making tamales and Pardon actually me? sells you a lot of, uh, ma- you sell a lot of masa to them? Parby? Who? who? What did you say? I oh, I'm sorry, here. Honda. I said... Who in the community would you say has have you sold the most masa to? I know Susie Cruz makes a lot of tamales. Um, yes, Susie Cruz, <laughs> she's always there almost every week. Um, we also have La Estrella because the, some people want their masa already mixed with the seasons in it. Yes. So La Estrella does that. They 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 get our masa and they take it to their place and. And they season it for their customers. Mm-hmm. So let's let's break this down to our to our listeners. The the masa that Honda is talking about is actually is it is it is it cornmeal or is it corn that's been grinded up? It's corn grinded out. It's whole. It's white corn that we grind up. Okay. And we um, put lime water. And, that, and that's it. And that masa that then is purchased. By family members who are going to make tamales, they actually mix that with some chili ancho sauce, uh, guajillo sauce, whatever chilies that they actually use, or even whatever chilies they want to use, yeah, or even chili powder, and then that gets mixed up with manteca, which is lard, and that is all put together either by hand or by a mixer, and that's how you form your masa, your what essentially is dough. Um, so right. that you can spread this on corn husks to make the base of the tamale, correct? Correct. Right. Okay. And then you take your your meat, whether it's chicken or which most people use is pork, the pork butt. Correct. And they fill that into the tamale, and then they wrap it up like a little Christmas gift. And that is what you put in the pan to steam, and they come out delicious, especially when they are first taken off the hot, the pot hot. That's the way I like them. And yeah. then you got to put a little yeah. of your favorite uh, chili sauce. Everybody in there. likes their food fresh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whether it's a tamale or a taco, yes, or a loaf of bread. Well, you know, my aunt Della Chintaka has made tamales for probably over eighty years. I can say her age. She's almost 90. And I can remember being a little boy at the age of five. Uh, my mother and my grandfather uh, would make tamales. And Aunt Della, uh, we would go over to her house. And she would have all the newspapers laid out on the table. Because when you make tamales, you're definitely going to make a mess. And... Um, she was the tamale matriarch of our family 
for many, oh, okay. many years. Okay. And Della, are you I, with I, us? I'm here. Well, welcome to Mi Gente On Air. I know we had a little bit of problems, difficulties there in the beginning, but it's so good to hear your voice, Dia. And, uh, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, and am I right in saying that you've probably made tamales for over 80 years, with starting with oh your mother? Oh, my God. Yes, I used to help my mom. Yeah, uh, over on, on, on the family farm on Wolf Road, right? Yeah. And, and when when you started making those tamales in those days, the, uh, they didn't use the pork butt like we do today. They u- they actually used, what did they use? Can you tell us? Well, my mom used to make them with, uh, um, she used to grind her own corn with uh, morcajete or I forget what they call it. Yeah, the, the mold hit it, the, st- the stone. Yes, and she would prepare everything fresh herself. And, uh, oh, I remember her working so hard doing all her stuff. Well, well, wait a minute, Dia. Was it, wasn't it the metate that she used? The stone, the yeah, the metate, yeah. the stone, the big stone slab, and then she would have a stone, and she would get on her knees. Yeah, I remember you telling me this. Right. She would get on her knees. She used, to, she used to fix her little pillow and put it on her knees. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that was a lot of work for her. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure that some of the uh, some of the deals. Uh, actually helped her out in that process because, I mean, that's especially uh, as she probably, got older. Probably before um, I came along, yeah. I think I remember being about 10 or 11 when I started wow. helping her uh, spread the masa. She used to make her own masa. So that would be about 80 years ago, yes. Now, my, my, grand, my, great, they're my great-grandparents, they came over from... Um, Mexico in 1919, and they had settled in Houston, and they came from uh, Michoacan and Guanajuato, and when they came, they were fleeing the Mexican Revolution and the atrocities of, of, of that war, and they came over, they settled in Houston for a while before they migrated actually uh, to Saginaw, to the Saginaw area, to the state of Michigan. Uh, they were promised right. fields of gold. And this is um, my Diadella here. This is her parents. And they settled in Saginaw on a farm on Wolf Road. And this is uh, what Aunt Della's talking about um, when she started making tamales around the age of 10. But tell me something, Aunt Della. What kind of meat was actually used in those days? We used to do the. Uh, my father always thought killed. The pig, prepare the pig meat. And my mother would, you know, dice it up. And uh, with that, she would keep the head of the, you know, the pork head and would Mm -hmm. boil that down (laughs) and clean it all up before she boiled it, of course. And then added some of that meat into it. And I still say, that uh, that was the best taste 
when so, the tamale is. So, so the, the, the actual pork head uh, was put in a big pan with boiling water mm-hmm. and boiled. <laughs> and uh, right. it, it kind of makes sense. You know, over at Vargas and San Tortillas, you know, they sell a lot of skins, which is the pork uh, snout, isn't it, Honda? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> so there. And your and your tia is exactly right. When we were over on on uh, Wadsworth, mm-hmm. we used to sell the, we used to sell the pork head too. Wow. Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Isn't that funny? Uh-huh. You know, you know what I remember. I used to I used to buy it. Yeah. Sometimes. Yes. And I remember yes. my grandfather, my grandpa Joe. He would take cut out that tongue from the pig head, and uh, he would scare us little kids with that, going around the house, because I remember one of my cousins, Stacy, she was deathly afraid of the lingua, <laughs> of, the, of the pig. But, but Grandpa used to also um, utilize the eyes. It was kind of like a, oh. a, 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 a treat for him. He, that was kind of like, I don't know yeah, if he actually really enjoyed it. That was your Uncle Fred's favorite. Uncle Fred, yeah. Wow! Can you imagine eating uh, the eyes and the tongue? Yeah, yeah. Can you believe that? It was kind of a a delicacy, Honda, when when people would do that. Well, you know, today we don't really use the head as much. Uh, I don't think I I do know of um, one of the tamale matriarchs of Saginaw who still uses um, the head of the the pork, but for most people, it is the pork butt, and. we are, we are always lot. at and this time looking for the sale right. like for 99 cents a pound because if you pay a dollar 49 or a dollar 50 that's way too much right <laughs> so right. we're always looking for the yeah. sale <laughs> yes and and andela what is that process when you are actually spreading the masa on the corn husk what is that called uh, what do you mean the the masa yeah when you're when you're spreading the masa on the corn husk, what what do they call that? Oh, uh, we just used to say, you know, embarrar la 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 soja. Yeah, embarrar. Yeah, in Spanish, yeah, embarrar la soja. Yeah, and you know, uh, it takes time. It's like riding a bike when you're actually um, spreading the masa. Like if you're using a spoon. You know, sooner or later, you're going to get used to that, and uh, you're, you're going to become a great tamale uh, spreader. But today, Honda, can you tell us a little bit about those um, tamale spreaders that they have yes, for sale uh, now? Yeah, they have the tamale spreaders for sale. They're they're like a, almost like a like almost like a painter's spatula, I call it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And they they put masa on it and they they spread it on there. They spread it on the ojas, and my niece likes to use them, but I can't, I, and my daughter can't either. We're, we're used to the spoon. You're old school. <laughs> we're used to the spoon. You're the same way, Andela, huh? The same with me. Yeah. I cannot use those. I tried them, and it just never worked for me. And what I used was a uh, 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 knife, you know, uh, the one butter knife. Yeah, I've seen you do that, and I'm like, how does she do that? Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I did it in one, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're yeah. quite efficient. I, 
I became an expert, yes. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I became pretty good at doing it with the spoon, but today uh-huh. I actually use those spreaders. I really uh, think it's a lot faster. If you get the a hang of it. A lot of people. Yeah. If you get the hang of it, it's actually a lot faster, and you can put out a lot more tamales. Uh, and, Larry, there's another uh, one that they use. They use, a, they use a tortilla presser. Oh, yeah. You know, they use those. They put the tamale on there, the leaf on there, or the oja that you call it, the leaf on there. They put a little roll of dough in there, and they just press it down. Hey, I've never, yeah, I, I've I have not that. thought of that. We have those uh, at the Civica. I'm going to have to try that one of these days. Because that's how we actually um, start our patitos now. We actually uh, put the masa in those and we, you know, we press it down so that it comes out a little bit more round. So that then um, our tortilla makers can actually uh, roll them out faster and roll them out more circular. So I'm going to have to try that with the the masa for tamales. So who's making tamales this year in your family, um, Honda? Me and Christy. <laughs> and how many do you think you'll make? Well, we're not going to make a lot because we're just... We're, usually usually we do make a lot. It's my sister and my... Because of the COVID, it's usually me and my sister, two, my sister Fella and my sister Pauline and my granddaughter Alexis and my daughter. And we make tomorrow. And then my daughter always says, I need to have some for my office. But to get Honda. Just co-workers. But, but Honda, you're supposed to be making them for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're, you're going to sell your, your own product right there at uh, Vargas and Sun Tortillas. Tamales made by uh-huh. Honda Vargas. <laughs> no. Those days are done, do right? Have, yeah, we do have tamales there for sale. Oh, yeah, they're delicious. They are delicious. And Della, I'll throw oh, you, I'll throw you the same question. Who are you getting your tamales from? I get them from different people, but uh, I found this one girl that's uh, Rita's uh, niece, Teresa Flores. Oh, uh-huh. And she brought, I don't know if you know her. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, she, she brought me some, and oh, they were delicious. Yeah. I bet and they then uh, I bought them from uh, the Cruise Chicken place. Oh, Mike Cruise. And they're Cruise very, Kitchen. They're very good. Yes, they make good tamales. Yes, mm-hmm. they do. Mm-hmm. And, and menudo. And, you know, we, we, ha- we have, uh, we're fortunate in this area that we have a number of good tamale makers with some of our restaurant uh, owners uh, from Tino's Tamales who have uh, won the tamale taste off at least on four occasions. Um, we have TNT that makes really good tamales every day. They're making them, you know, throughout, throughout the tamale season as well as into the rest of the year. And uh, I think uh, some of the other and ones that, you know, like we mentioned. Susan there Cruz, is, um, there's Rancho, Rancho Grande and, and, and they make um, all kinds of tamales. They make sweet tamales. They make chicken. Ground beef, um, other type of tamales that if you want. Yeah, they, but they're they the make, only ones that I know that make the sweet tamales. Yes, they they make them great over there at Maria's restaurant in El Rancho Grande. Well, listen, um, stay stay tuned. We're gonna go on break for a minute. If you could just uh, wait for us, and we're gonna talk some more about tamales here in the Saginaw area. 
This is Mihinta On Air on WSGW. This is Mihinta On Air on WSGW. And we're back, Mihinta. This is Larry Rodarte, and we are talking tamales today. Tell me, Handa Vargas, our special guest, as well as uh, De La Chantaca, does tamales bring families together? Yes. We get together and we get together and we talk about all the old memories and the things we did and we laugh and we eat. We sure do eat, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, that's one of the things I know that um, when my mother passed away in 2003, it was kind of um, a, a family tradition of making tamales with her. So when we no longer had her around, um, my whole family got together and uh, we made the tamales. And, you know, it was a little different because we didn't have her to tell us how to actually do each step. And so we kind of were guessing, all of us, and we were all kind of throwing in our opinions. And we made decent tamales, but they weren't like hers and I think that, um, you know, even though they weren't as good, it was the idea that we came together as a family uh, to heal and to remember mom. And I think a lot of families do that um, when they lose their tamale yes, matriarch. They do. Yeah. And, you know, that that's what like we called her, our tamale matriarch. And I think that's the title that my bigger family, the Diaz family, calls my Andela. Wouldn't you say, Andela? Yes, yes. You you are a prime example of a tamale matriarch. <laughs> Making tamales all the years that you have. Um everybody oh, always goes to you and they and they call up Andela if they run into trouble making tamales. Oh, yeah. Every year, every year and now. Uh, I used to sell them and I used to get my masa from Vargas. Mhm. I don't know if they remember, but uh Yes, and I yes. used to get over fifty pounds of masa uh, every year. I I know I know when you and mom used to make them. I think it seemed like you you did more than that. And I just remember oh, being wow. a little boy. And you and you both and Aunt Lola would come over and help and uh, uh, right. some of the and other. Right, and then we used to split. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and you would start early in the morning, and you'd be there late at night, and. It, it just was a oh it just was a gathering of of love of, of culture of, you know we, you'd play some music sometimes and it just was a beautiful yeah. time for me to see and witness that because uh, the best part of it was when they were done and we could get them right out of the pan. <laughs> yeah. Do, was your, was your mother like that, Aunt Della, uh, Grandma Cecilia? Did she? Uh, make them every year, and she, you know, she had a whole brood of kids. Did you all come together and make them, or was it just the women? Well, uh, most of the time, she had them all made when uh, 
you know, your Uncle Steve and Aunt Carmen. Well, Aunt Carmen and Aunt Dora would come and help. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how we made them. So it really was a, a, a family affair, if you will. And I think that's how, we like... Used to get, we used to get together, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's nothing like Christmas in the Christmas season when you have tamales. Wouldn't you right. say? Yes. Honda, is that yes. is is that how it yes. is with your family? Oh, yes. Okay. Christmas on. This is, yes, it's the best time because you get to gather together and, and some some of the family members are so busy in their life that you don't get to see them and you yes. get to bring the pictures of, of your of the grandkids and you know, and talk about the memories and yes. And then have cafecito con pan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That's always important. You know, but uh, I, re- I remember eat, uh, um, my mother having coffee with uh, tamales as well in the morning. Sometimes yeah. that would be her yeah. breakfast is making, you know, coffee. warming up those tamales. And, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it, it's it's really something in this day and age, you know, here we are 2020. Uh, we, we just went through... Uh, a season of, of a lot of uh, racial divide and, you know, uh, under the the current uh, government administration, there, there's just been a lot, you know, I hate to bring it up, but I have to because there's a lot of uh, hurt and uh, a lot of uh, rhetoric that was said against uh, Mexican people. And, you know, that's one of the things, you know, when I when I would hear that, it would just make me so upset because, you know, I'm thinking of the tamales that my family would make. And I was, I'm thinking of all the contributions that Hispanic families have made so many years in this community. And, you yeah. know, Mexico to me, they did send their very best. They send my great grandparents who, you know, were such hard workers. They worked the fields, you know, and they, they worked the farm and, you know, grandpa Sonovio worked at the gray iron plant because that was his American dream and you know it, it's a beautiful thing to be able to talk about the Mali so I, I want to thank you Aunt Della for passing on those uh, beautiful cultural culinary uh, aspects to me because I know oh, you have been you. so so pivotal in my life to make a great tamale and as you know oh, yes. as I mentioned you Can know I mom mean? passed away in 2003 so Aunt Della has been the one that I've turned to to and Aunt Liz and my sisters but you know like I said we all kind of come together you know to try to put our little bit of input of what we remembered but we always go to the tamale matriarch and Della Chintaka. Isn't that? And you make you make some great tamales. I try. I so try. If you make any, you can bring me some. <laughs> and, 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 and don't let don't let Honda know that because she's she'll talk me into it. She'll talk me into making her some as well. <laughs> Honda, tell me something. Did your did your did your dad um, did he like tamales a lot? Oh yes, yes. He ate tamales for breakfast and it. But I want to touch on one thing that you said, Larry, about the division. You know, uh, the Hispanic people, they're so humble and, 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 give, and giving, and they have a lot of faith. The people from Mexico yeah. or from over, we, have a, we are very humble and yes. very giving yeah. and hard workers. 
and have a lot of faith. Yeah. Oh, so they true. don't they don't never they don't never point that out. They don't point that out. Yes. I just want to mention that. Yes, and you know yeah, that, right. it's it's right. you know when we tell the stories, when we tell the history of our ancestors and the struggles, you know that how they came over, you know, because they were searching for a better life and and you know that's that's the immigrant story. That's typically the immigrant story and they're looking for their American dream and it, so many of it within oh. our families the American dream was working in the plants you know having a job at, you know getting out of the fields working in the plants and having a successful career for 30 some years there and being able to provide for their family and you know that mm-hmm. that's a beautiful thing and that and that's why so many yeah. Of the Hispanic families are here in the Saginaw region, and, and yes. they're mostly first, second, third generation. They're about, I'd say, third, fourth generation, like myself, um, whose families have been here, you know, from my family since 1928. And Andela right. was one of the first of of a brood of ten. Her and Uncle Fred were the only ones born here in Saginaw, Michigan, where the rest were all born right. in that migratory trail of Texas and Mexico. You know, so I mean, it's, only, it's, it's, it's a, there was only three of us. Yeah. And it, it's a great Michigan. story. It's a great American story. And, you know, that's why it's important that these stories are told, you know, and in Washington, D.C., right. they're starting now a, a Latino museum, a national Latino museum. And our stories need to be told. We have to be at the table. Yeah. And tamales yeah, right. are a big part of our culture. And like I said before, at the top of this hour-long show, the Tamale Tesaf is a huge event. We drew over a thousand people that uh, came to um, the um, Thomas Aquinas uh, Elementary School, Nouvelle. It's now called Nouvelle Elementary School, the gymnasium there, and we we had too many people in that. <laughs> that gymnasium we need a bigger place and i know that um (laughs) sheriff fetterspield and veronica horn they were some of the celebrity judges and they said um that it was a great event and sheriff fetterspield said he's going to look for a new place a bigger place that we can hold that event Mm -hmm. so i'm going to hold him to it and uh thank thank god kind of uh you know that we're not having it this year it gives me a little bit of a break but in 2021, hopefully we can bring that event back because we would be preparing right now for the tamale yeah, yeah. yeah. And like I said, you know, my father, mm-hmm. my father was, you know, would eat tamales for breakfast or whatever. And my father mm-hmm. was very, very giving. I mean, a lot of people don't really know that, you know, he would nod to me and say, hey, just let the customer go because if they didn't have enough for this or they didn't have it, just give it to them. Go ahead. You know, he'll, he'll send a signal to us and saying, let him, let, let him take it, you know, yeah. without paying and stuff. And, and I wanted to touch on that base, you know, yeah, that, you know, that's... my father, passed, my father passed away this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our condolences. I, uh, he, he passed away in August. Was it? Yes. 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 The late yes. uh, Alberto from, from natu- natural, natural causes, yes. yes, natural causes. And, you know, mm-hmm. what, what a loss that was to our community um, to see a, a legend like that uh, pass in August. So um, my condolences to you and your whole family. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Andela, it's, it's been a real pleasure to have you on the show. And, 
you're going to be celebrating your 90th birthday in 2021. <laughs> How does that feel uh, for your nephew, your grandnephew here, to be able to say oh you're going to be goodness. 90? I just can't, almost can't believe it. God is good, though. Yes. I'm here yes, because yes. God, yes, yes. And he is the one that wakes me up every morning. Yes, he does. And and I wish I had some tamales right now. Yeah, we're, get, <laughs> we're getting hungry, and like I said, I'm not making them this year, so <laughs> so I don't. I, I guess we're gonna you know, have to call on Susie Cruz or Honda Vargas. Oh no, <laughs> Honda, you have to do for your community, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I I eat the tamales from the store. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's. It's it's less work. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. But Lots it, of work making them. Yes. You know, people um, really those that love tamales and they don't know the work involved. You know, I think every they they're missing out on the the beauty of making a tamale. And well, I have customers. I have customers calling me from Grand Rapids, wanting to know how they can get our masa. Yeah, isn't that something? <laughs> yes. Yes, I have wow. several customers already calling. They, they don't have masa like, like yours over here. How can I get your no. masa? I said, do you have a family member? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, and you know, even in Arizona, Larry, uh, Connie would buy the masa, and it was terrible. Mm-hmm. We could not make tamales from those because... The masa was terrible. Yeah, they have a lot of Hispanics in Arizona. And Della, can you uh, can you tell us a little bit about um, the chilies that you use? Um, I know some people use one chili, another person uses a different chili, and some people use different chilies all together. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, um, I always use the chile ancho, but after a while. I used to get that uh, red one, you know? The wahio. Wahio. Yeah. And I used to mix those together and, uh, you know, grab, boil them and take as much skin as I could off. And then I would uh, blend them, you know. They were good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Larry, um, you know that I used to sell tamales for over 20 years. You know, when I was catering. Right. Right. I made them every year, every year. Wow. And you were selling them to uh, people? I, I thought you were just making them mostly for uh, your family. Um, oh, no. I had uh, customers, you know, the AAA and uh, the t- bell- telephone company and uh, the school. Uh, well, what do they call that? That's why you're called. You were called the Tamale AT&T, Matriarch. The AT and T company, uh, Saginaw School yeah. The mm-hmm. Saginaw Board of Ed. And the school, mm-hmm. and then my son used to take them to the foundry. I mean, it it was hard work, but you know, I liked it because I made them happy. You know. Yeah. Yeah, you made your customers they happy. And the moral of the story is if you, if you if you want to make some money, you can always make money by making tamales. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, Even though- 
it's it's something when you unwrap a dozen of tamales and you know that you're paying a lot of money because you are nowadays. I think they're going somewhere between $12 a dozen and $15 a dozen. Yes. What, yeah. what were you selling them for, Andela, when you started? Well, I started $10, and then I went up to 12 mm-hmm. And then towards the end, I went up to $15 because your cousin Kathy said, that the girls couldn't believe that I was just selling them for ten dollars. Yeah, and she was right. All that work that you put in, it's worth it. Almost even twenty dollars a dozen. Yeah, especially if you make them nice and nice and big. And you know? thick. Yeah, especially when you're you when you're purchasing all that meat and you're purchasing all the ingredients from the manteca to oh the leaves. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, that's that's it why everything. That's why I don't have any problem selling them for fifteen dollars and up. No, and right. the prices and the prices of the the prices are way higher now than they were back then. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, okay. I know people that used to sell them for eight dollars. <laughs> yeah, I think when I'm, they started. I think I'm gonna have to yeah. start considering to, whether I'm gonna make them again this year. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Well, you know, tamales um, during the holiday season um, is so important. And, you know, every every topic that we've had on this show, it seems like we're, we're talking about the pandemic, you know. And even, um, yeah. even tamale making, I'm sure, is going to be affected by COVID-19. Yes. So, uh, Honda, have you seen that within your store or is it still as busy as ever? Um, um, it's it's, it's- to me, it's usually the first of December, it's kind of busy, but it's, to me, I think it's kind of slow. And I even told my sister-in-law, she said, well, it'll pick up in a little, it'll probably pick up after a while. And I said, yeah, but a lot of people can't even get together nowadays, you know. Yeah, uh, it's, 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 you know, it's, you only can, it's smart only can that they don't. Yeah. yeah, we we have to follow right. the guidelines according to yeah. our health department and the CDC. Mm-hmm. It's it's so important, you know. So I, th- yes, I, it is. I I think that people who are actually making the tamales for, you know, so many different people, their clientele, they're not going to have the kind of help that they're used to having. And it's mm-hmm. going to be a little bit harder, but I think um, those that do make it, they're probably going to make a killing because uh, I don't think as many people, and I think you verifying that with us right now, Honda, uh, it, tells us that there's not that many making it but hopefully it will be picked up but you know we're we're in the season of tamale making uh the novena is starting at saint joseph yeah. on, on the fourth which is in two days and we've got christmas with angels uh they're collecting trying to raise money ten thousand dollars so that they can give the gift of giving to the children when there's such a great need i mean there, there's a lot happening and yet we're still uh hopefully um we're still hopefully coming towards that tunnel where we're seeing a light with the vaccine and how they're talking about a vaccine for this COVID-19 because, yeah. you know, it's, it's been one heck of a year and, and we can all yeah, attest to that. Right. It's been very difficult. Yes. And every family has been touched by it. Yes. 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 And, um, hopefully, uh, we pray, we pray to God that, um, you know, 
the the Thanksgiving holiday didn't affect too many people, and you know we're going into the Christmas holiday, and like I said, we we have to abide by what the CDC is and our health department is telling us, and um, it's right. it's a little sad, yeah. you know, and I know that. Um, it's not something that we're used to because as, as Americans, we have our traditions, we have our holidays, we have, you know, and we have never experienced this, at least in this generation. And the last mm-hmm. pandemic in 1918, the last big one where people were wearing masks, um, you know, that was a long time ago. And not even my great aunt Della was alive at this time, at that time. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a sad thing to be experiencing but you know there's a reason for everything and i think that there's going to be some great celebrations when you know we all get vaccinated hopefully and we're not going to have to worry about the covid19 and you know i hope that uh you know everyone is experiencing love despite covid19 and they're either FaceTiming or they're making phone calls or they're just reaching out to people and saying, how you doing? Uh, because we all have to help each other get yeah. through this, this time in this and period. Especially reach out for your elderly people and your, your, your people that are sick. Uh, yeah. Reach out yeah. to them, especially. Yeah. Yeah. And and Della, how you doing? Uh, I know, I know it's been difficult for you too, because you're not able to get out as much and uh, being um, at your age, it's a little bit more difficult, uh, this COVID-19. Thank God you have your daughter there taking care of you. How do you see in in the longevity of your life? How do you see this time and this time and place? Well, I, um, I just get up in the morning and thank God, you know, that for another day because uh, of my leg, you know, it's, getting worse and I take so much medicine that I just wonder sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But you, yeah. you're, you're filled with so much love and memories and you know, oh, that's why that's we appreciate it. you so much. Um, most yes, of our yes. DS family and the community at large and the Hispanic community, because we know how old you are and yet we yeah. see you every day on Facebook. So what a blessing yeah. that is. <laughs> oh, it's a blessing, isn't it? Yes, if, it is. If yes, it, it is. For that, I don't know what I would do, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does give me a lot of comfort and, and you know, I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it keeps I you like busy, them. right, Della? She's playing that candy <laughs> crush. I'm blessed. I'm blessed that way. Honda, did you hear me? Yeah. She's yeah. playing that candy crush. But it's keeping her busy. Yeah, because that's what we were raised. But that's what we were raised to be. We were raised to always, you know, get things done, keep busy. You know, uh, whether it was making tamales or selling tamales or whatever. You know, we're always busy. Yep, that's that's part of our culture. That's part of our culture and our contributions to the community. And uh, right now, it's a concern for all of us because we got to make sure we're getting our tamales. (laughs) <laughs> and that's what this show is about, cultural contributions, yes. concerns, and culture. Well, you know, I, I'm i so thankful to have you, Aunt Della. Like I said, I know I speak for most of my family, all the cousins, the yeah. primas and primos, 
and we're just so thankful. Thank you so much, Larry. No, thank you. Thank you for being there for all of us and being that tamale matriarch. And and Honda, I know that uh, you're going to carry on the traditions of your father and your mother and uh, make sure that uh, Vargas is going to be around for a long time so that they provide that masa that is needed so badly in this community and, and yeah. is so popular that people from outside of our state are actually calling and asking mm-hmm. how they can get that masa. You're going to have to start selling yeah. it on Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How are we going to do that, right? Especially yeah. their tortillas, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the Vargas tortillas. You can't make an enchilada without it. All right. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me, Larry. Yep. I want to thank you both so much. You're such a a big part of our community, and it's just wonderful that we can talk tamales, we can talk about our culture on WSGW uh, 100.5 and 790 AM, and we're at that table literally contributing tamales in the Saginaw Great Lakes Bay community. Thank you so much, Della Chintaka, Aunt Della, oh. and Honda Vargas. You're, you're welcome. Yeah, you bye-bye. have a beautiful day. Thank you so much. Well, that's a wrap, and we will see you next Sunday. And I hope that we're all preparing and getting involved still in the community, whether it's through FaceTime or through uh, uh, getting with your families to make tamales. We just got to be careful, all. We're still in this pandemic, and we have to watch out for one another and help each other. Until next week, I'm your host, Larry Rodarte at Mi Gente On Air.